If you or a loved one has had thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 or visiting suicidepreventionlifeline.org. This sucks. Like, how did we get into this situation once again? You know, I take full responsibility for this, Rob. I am a sucker for a guy with a beard. And CJ said, hey, can you guys come help me out getting this place cleaned up and ready to open? And I said, sure. And I volunteered both. So here we are in this basement. Yeah. I mean, the house is cool. I would have preferred probably, you know, hanging out in the upstairs rooms or you know, cleaning up something or sweeping the floor, but like the basement is dirty and, you know, it's it's a basement. Well, but I'll be honest with you. I thought if the two of us got down here, no one's gonna be paying attention and we really don't have to do a whole lot of work. And we just kind of like fiddle around down here while they do all the heavy stuff up there. So I was kind of trying to watch our backs, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that is, that is a good thought because I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, um, well, I, I, try, I try to watch out for us. Hey, what the hell? I almost tripped on that thing on the floor. What is that? I don't know. It's kind of, it's sticking up out of the, like a big metal latch or something. This floor is filthy, my friend. Let me see if I can get some of this dirt away from it. It's a good thing I brought the broom. Yeah. Well, you know, we got to look like at least we're doing something. Uh, ooh, ooh, it's like a crucifix, but it's huge. Yeah. And it's like got weird, like uh, serrated, serrated ends on it weird it's like wedged into the floor it's like a lock of some sort yeah we like something get... was trying to be kept kept inside there maybe i don't know yeah i don't know i say like we definitely need to open this up like right away yeah let's let's try to get that out of the floor i mean we might be able to fetch a good price for that crucifix. exactly it is like uh it looks antique for sure uh but it's stuck in there it's like really wedged in there my friend yeah that thing is not moving uh, let me get the crowbar and we can yeah get of... the crowbar we've got to really work at this clearly whatever's in there they did not want this open so we maybe. gotta we gotta open this yeah for sure. maybe there's gold in there or something. oh definitely or you know like was it penthouse letters i bet you there's a bunch of penthouse Ooh, letter magazines in there. oh i would love to see those from the 70s yeah we've got to get this open we've got to really get because clearly it was meant to be kept closed so we've got to open this yeah, I'm going to. OK, so you put you hold the crowbar there and I'm okay. going to try to use the other crowbar and kind of hammer it out from the back end. Yeah. All right. We've really got to work at this thing. We've got to pry it open because it was clearly not meant to be open. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This thing it, oh. is not wanting to move. No, it, it it's shifting some though. Look, look. Uh, oh, keep going. Uh, keep pushing. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, yes! <laughs> See? Uh, that thing is us. heavier than it looks. Yeah, but we did it. We did it. We did it. They didn't think anyone could get that open, but the two of us, we put our heads together, we could do it. And we got it open. What's that noise? <laughs> Is that laughing? Yeah, and it's got windy in here all of a sudden. It's very like I can barely see all that dust that's blowing in my eye. Horrible. Oh. oh, 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 Rob, I don't think this was supposed to be open. Oh, oh this shit. Is bad. No, no, this is really bad, Rob. Why did we open this? No. Let's let's try to get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's just go back. They don't have to go anywhere. Let's just, we need to go. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We got to We got to hold this. Like right now. Right now. Stop. Nobody ever suspected what ancient terror slept beneath the Vargas house. Stories get started about any old house that's been vacant for a while. What kind of stories? Oh, just the stories. Just old wives' tales. Look out! Terror that turns laughter into screams. <coughs> and loving pets into killers. <coughs> For the house belongs to the evil. Disturb not he who is here held and changed. This house. This house. Welcome back, all you Midnight Mass Preacher Cast fans. This time we're going to take a turn for the spooky with 1978's The Evil. It is a rated R film with a runtime of one hour and 29 minutes. We're going to spoil the heck out of it. I am Mark, and I'm joined by the ever awesome. I'm Rob. <laughs> and this one I'm is trying. my pick. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. This one's my pick because I do love my 70s horror. Um uh, I'm going to go through the cast real quick. Is that okay, Rob? Oh, yes, of course. All right. So our director is Gus Triconis, um, T-R-I-K-O-N-I-S. He must um, be Greek. I, 
he looks Greek. He does. He's got a full beard and a nice head of hair and everything. Um, things I don't have in my life, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't really know any other films by this gentleman, so I'm just going to move on. Um, there's a large kind of cast of characters. The film is about a, a couple. Um, one's a psychiatrist and the other one is um, his wife, who's a doctor. And they want to open a facility for uh, uh, like a rehab center for people coming off of drug addiction. Um, and so they've a group, uh, amassed a group of people to help them do this. And unfortunately, the place that they picked is haunted. Um, or possessed, however you want to say it. Anyway, so it's got a big ensemble cast, so I'm going to go through it kind of quickly. Um, the main uh, couple is played by uh, Richard Crenna. He's C.J. Arnold, and he's done a couple things of note. Um, one of them is a really good film, uh, Wait Until Dark, from 1967, my birth year, um, and that also stars Audrey Hepburn. And he did another one, which I'm going to make you watch at some point, Rob, called Death Ship from 1980. It's about a haunted uh, boat ship. Um, that kind of reminds me of Ghost Ship. Like, is Ghost Ship a remake of that? No, but it's kind of the same thing. Haunted, think Haunted Boat, and that's about where it stops. Oh, but, okay. yeah. Um, and then his wife is portrayed by Joanna Pettit, um, and that's Caroline Arnold. Um, she was in a film called Double Exposure. I would recommend people checking out from 1982. Um, then he has a protege, uh, played by um, Andrew Prine, and that would be Professor Raymond Guy. Um, two films of note that I would seek out. He's done a lot of horror. Um, he was in Simon King of the Witches, which that's my goal in life to be the King of the Witches uh, from 1971. And he also did Terror Circus from 1973. It's a true exploitation classic for anyone into that kind of thing. Um, now, we'll get into this more, but um, there's a woman in the film who owns a dog, uh, and that would be Mary Harper. And she's played by the actress Cassie Yates. Um, you might want to check out the Osterman Weekend from 1983. That was one she was in that I would recommend. Um, then we get the uh, practical joker, Pete Brooks. And the actor that portrays him is George O'Hanlon Jr. Um, what I thought was cool about this guy is he is the uncredited Mr. Myers, uh, father of Michael Myers in Halloween from 1978. Um, next up, we have uh, Felicia Allen. Um, she's one of the women who have uh, been uh, assisted by C.J. Arnold in kicking her addiction. And that's Lynn Moody. Uh, she's in two of my favorite films. She was in Scream, Blackula Scream from 1973, which, I, again, I will make us do that at some point. And then another like really cool movie that no one ever talks about. Uh, it actually has a Criterion release. Uh, it's called White Dog. It's from 1982. And it has uh, Christy McNichol in it. I love her. But it's about she adopts this dog or she actually I think she's like a um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she's like on a police force or something. But anyway, she acquires this dog that is it basically it's like a, a racist dog. It was trained to um, attack uh, black people. It's a very good movie and she's trying to rehabilitate it. It's a really good film um, anyway. And then and, um <clears throat> The professor brings along his student, who he's also sleeping with, which whatever, um, and that's Lori Bellman, and she's uh, played by Mary Louise Weller, and um, she was in director Larry Cohen's 1982 film, Cue the Winged Serpent, which would be a fun one to do on this as well. Yeah, and, that's been um, brought up a couple of times, uh, Cue the Winged yeah, Serpent. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, <clears throat> and then the actor I want to talk about the most uh, is Victor Buono. He'll come on in the end of the film. Uh, he plays the devil. 
Uh, he's done a lot of like really cool films in, in my uh, humble opinion. He was in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis from 1962. Uh, and then he did The Strangler and uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, both from 64. And then any Batman fans out there, the Batman TV show, which ran from 66 to 68, he played the villain King Tut in 10 different episodes. So I love Victor Buono. But anyway, those are our cast of characters for our film. <clears throat> All right, Rob. So this was my pick. I saw this. I can't actually tell you when I first saw it. I've known about this forever. Um, I love like ghost haunted house films. I just I've always had a thing for them ever since I was a little kid. Um, and I really I actually really like Richard Crenna and I like Andrew Prine. Um, so I was familiar with these guys and, um, I don't know how this came into my being, but I've just always loved this movie. Um, I know it's cheesy fun, but I just, I, I just always loved it. So I'm glad that we get to do it. Um, but what's your relationship with the film? Have you ever seen it before this recording? No, it was never on my radar and first watched it last night. Okay. Now, hopefully it looks better than it did uh, for your uh, viewing of Kiss Me, the Phantom of the Park. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, this was on, <laughs> this was, it came with Prime, <clears throat> like the Prime subscription, I think. So it, I saw it in like, you know, HD quality, you know, crystal. Oh, clear. nice. Yep. Good, good. I own the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray. Like this was one of those ones, as soon as it came out, I had to have it because I love the movie so much. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, um... Basically, um, the Arnolds are looking for a place to start a drug rehabilitation facility. And what we're seeing in the very beginning of the movie is a caretaker, Sam, has been taken to or uh, has been um, told to come kind of clean the place up for their arrival. So he's entered the building. Apparently, from what he's saying, he's never been on the inside. He's just worked the grounds outside. So this is first time inside the building. Um, it looks horrible on the inside. There's cobwebs everywhere. Um, what I do like though, is he's sent to clean up the place <clears throat> and there's a, a stack of newspapers that he gets mad and kicks everywhere. So I'm like, you're making more of a mess that you have to clean up in a place you don't want to be. Yeah. But he's but, drunk, so he doesn't care. He is. He is. He does like to, uh, partake of the drink. That's true. Yeah. Um, so once inside, he hears these kind of like, uh, noises kind of emanating throughout the house, but he decides to hone in on the basement and head down there. Yeah. Is it like children playing or something? It, it kind of sounds like kids laughing, but in a really, really creepy sense. Exactly. Well, he even makes that comment. He's like, it's just a couple of kids, which I'm like, is it? But yeah, you're right. They do sound like kids. They're very mumbled voices. Yeah. They're like the, you really can't make up any, make out anything they're saying. It's just childlike kind of voices. So he follows the sound down, which kind of leads him to the furnace downstairs in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> like, just get out of there. Don't open it up. Yeah. So he opens it up and, you know, at first nothing happens. And then this like burst of flames just engulfs the man and he's toast, literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. So, oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I just thought it was interesting that, um, well, I guess it's the flaw in like watching something so old you can actually see the uh the stunt man wearing all their gear um, so. as they're in flames because <laughs> the person looks like they're mummified in asbestos or something 
That's when Walt said, well, thank God he wore his uh, 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 flame retardant suit before he opened the uh, I know. furnace. <laughs> so yeah, There's a lot of people going up in flames in this movie, though. There are a lot of people. There are a lot. It does. A, it's a movie that favors flames yeah. as, a, as a means of uh, dispatching of its victims. So next shot, we're privy to the Arnolds uh, being brought to the property by a real store, a real real store a real estate agent, um, and they weren't quite <clears throat> keen on showing them the property at first because they're kind of like doing this on their own. They're not like affiliated with the church or really a hospital per se. It's just something that the Arnolds want to do to assist people that need help in conquering their addictions. Um, so basically, the building has like 200 rooms. In the film, they claim that it was built before the... Um, what was it? The Civil War? Um, but that's actually not true. Um, we'll get into that later on. Um, and once inside, so it's the, just the three people. Um, the wife um, starts seeing like this fuzzy apparition, like almost right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. She's like walking she, around. Carolyn. Yeah, it's almost... All right. Before she sees who it is, like the first few times that that apparition appears, it's more like a blurred white light kind of thing. Yes. It's really not taking the form of anything. It's like a mist almost. Yeah. Would, would you not agree? Right. It's like a bright mist that in the shape of a person. Exactly. Right, right, right. And then the as this is going on, as they're kind of showing the rooms and stuff, the realtor makes mention that the locals kind of view the place as a historical landmark and um, they're not too keen on having people be there, but there's also talk in the, in the town of like strange noises emanating from the property. And it's also been the place of like accidents. Pretty much as soon as this leaves the realtor's mouth, <laughs> the planks from the ceiling like fall and almost like, I don't think they would have killed him, but I think it would have done a quite a bit of damage to CJ um, her husband, they like just barely miss hitting his head. Yeah, probably would have scraped him up. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had hair to protect him. You and I would have just been like, <laughs> we would have had scratched gashes. to death. Yeah, <laughs> gashes, blood running down our face. <laughs> now outside, there's. How would you explain it, Rob? It's got like a, a a grotesque, like a gargoyle on top, like like you find on Notre Dame, but it's like a pillar with like a an inscription on it. <clears throat> yeah, and I couldn't read that writing, but oh wait, I did write it down. I was gonna say I have um, it if you don't. Disturb not who who is here held in chains. Uh something like I that's all I got. Disturb not. That's it. You got it. You got it. Totally. Yeah. And then they're showing us like while while this is transpiring, they they give us this like POV shot from up above. So like something is watching them. Um, so I they're giving you that whole like they're not alone in the house kind of vibes mm. so back at the university where you know cj you know works we're privy to the next characters coming up and that's uh professor guy played by andrew prine and his student laura um who's clearly more than his student uh because he's dismissing everyone from class and then she sticks around later and we find out that they're actually romantically entangled and um which you know this is the 70s so it doesn't matter now she's not this is like we're talking like college level and upwards. So she's not like a 15 year old, you know, she's older, but it's still, you've got that teacher student 
oh, dynamic, yeah. whatever. Like she but anyway, looks so, like she could be like maybe 25 and he looks maybe about 30 or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I just want to make sure audiences don't think we're talking like a, a kid. <laughs> no, this is not what we're talking. Yeah, this yeah. isn't high school stuff. Right, right, right. So um, Professor Guy is like a protege of uh, C.J. Arnold. He's kind of studied under him. And he, now he's also, you know, got his doctorship. Um, and he and Lori are two of the volunteers who are going to go back to this property and help them fix it up and get it ready to open to service, you know, people who need help. <clears throat> so basically all the help that the Arnolds have is volunteer help. They've not really hired anybody, any, uh, you know, outside labor for the most part, everyone involved in the, uh, project is either people they've worked with or uh, former patients, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they also have a gentleman named Dwight. Um, he's the one with the mustache who looks like he could do like porn, 70s porn. <laughs> is he um, like the, he's kind of like a cowboy guy. I, exactly. I yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the one with the mustache. And basically he and a couple other people are doing the electrical work on the outside, trying to get like lighting and stuff to work. So while they're out there working, um, uh, back inside is when Caroline gets another visit from the uh, apparition. And then she's standing by this giant fireplace. And on either side, it's bookend by these like grotesquery heads. It almost, they almost look like satyr heads or, or like a yeah, devil they, heads with yeah, horns. Cause it, it didn't look like gargoyles. It don't, it looked like devil heads actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or pan. Like yeah. The, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. That too. Yep. Yeah. Just to give people like a vision of what this is. Yeah. So it turned actually turned, it's very effective I thought, but it turned and looked at her, mm -hmm. which caused her to be like upset, like freak her out and everything. So she tries to tell this to her husband um, but he is very quick to dismiss her because the more we deal with him, the more we find out he's very grounded in logic and reasoning. And he's just, if there's not a way to explain it, it's just not viable in his, his outlook on life at all whatsoever. Right. Cause he's a, he's a psychiatrist. And so he yes. deals with the stuff of the mind. Yes. And this like really comes into play later. <laughs> Because he's just not swallowing anything that's happening. Like, yeah. he can dismiss everything. So, um, outside, um, a uh, vehicle has, has pulled up with the arrival of Pete and Felicia and Mary. Um, Pete's like a practical joker. Um, Felicia is our token uh, African-American that we get thrown in the mix. And then Mary is the dog owner of the German Shepherd Kaiser. <clears throat> that's just for anyone trying to keep track of all the characters. You know, um, what? aside from the black lady, I called every woman there, Susan. <laughs> just it's, I there's a lot of women in the cast, a lot of women in the cast. Yeah. And uh, uh, yes, all of the, all of the white ladies pretty much look the same except for the brunette, you know, I'll, I'll give her that. But see, now I, because really, there okay. So there's four women. There's uh, Joanna Pettit, who's got the straight blonde hair. That's uh, Mrs. Arnold. Um, yeah, she reminds me the most of Susan. Okay, and then and then there's Mary, who, like you said, is a brunette. And then Lori. To me, Lori and Mary would be the most interchangeable, except they have the two different hair tones. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and then of course, Felicia. Um, but they act very Mary similar. Louise Wella. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I get the impression, especially in this movie, that they they um, front loaded it with a lot of female characters so we could get a lot of screaming. Yeah, and fodder. <laughs> you know, just like. Uh, oh yes, yes, yeah, 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 yes. True. true you true, know, true. We're, we're seeing. You know, after we get into things, we're seeing like people getting knocked off left and right. So it's just mm-hmm. like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. So basically everyone has. Uh, and, oh, and then the professor and Lori eventually show up and everything. And basically everyone has grouped inside like the big main room, which is like a gigantic dining room. And CJ is kind of like doling out responsibilities and stuff. But while he's talking, Kaiser, the German shepherd, kind of hears something that draws his attention and he leaves the group. No one's noticing this and heads down into the basement. Um, so once in the basement, he starts to kind of paw at the ground and everything. Well, off screen, we start to hear his like howling, but it does. It's not like a good howl. It's like he's in trouble. howl kind of thing. So, of course, no one knows how to access the basement to get to the dog because this is new property to all of them. So they're desperately trying to find the dog to figure out what's wrong with him, everything. So they're all trying to, like, figure out where he is. Um, So once down there, they kind of it seems like the whole group goes one way and then Mary, the dog owner, kind of like goes off on her own. Yeah. And then. Yeah, but and then, OK, and then. Oh, no, I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. No, continue. Oh, OK, because like up in the rafters somehow Kaiser's gotten up there and he jumps down and attacks her. Oh, so we're already in the basement. OK, yeah. Um, and so he's attacked her. It's not real bad. She's got like a little kind of bite and scratch on her, but he's in the interim taken off. So he's they still don't know where he is. And then like um, and I was Carolyn wondering how that dog got up there. Right. And where exactly was it? it? That was very, this dog does some very odd things throughout the movie. I will say this right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really does. Like, right. It, right. Uh, like how did it get up into the ceiling? Because the dog yeah. dogs can't really climb. No, it, it's very odd. Yeah. Very odd. Um, so anyway, so she's like, you know, kind of doctoring, you know, Mary up and everything. And Mary's of course feeding, uh, um, not lines, but like, you know, feeding her information about, you know, Kaiser's past and saying, you know, she's had Kaiser since he was a puppy and he's always been very tame and this isn't like his character and everything. And Mary's already saying that, you know, um, this, this seems out of character for him. And then Caroline is kind of spouting back to CJ that she feels that there's something evil here and that, you know, dogs can sense this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, CJ's just blowing all of this off giving no credence to this whatsoever. Yeah. He's, uh, he's totally grounded. Exactly. Um, so in the interim, after all this transpires, she again, sees a ghostly apparition and she follows it down to like another level. Um, it passes through a room with basically everyone else working and no one seems to see it besides Caroline. Yeah. And I was like, how, how come nobody else can see that? I know. I find that interesting. So it goes into like a separate room and it points to this like roll top desk. And inside of it, Caroline finds it's the uh, diary of Emilio Vargas. 
Well, once she gets a hold of the book, the roll top slams down, a fireplace, the fire begins inside of it all by itself and everything. Well, then she also gets this very quick like vision of what we later know is like a kind of like a key lock. It's giant. It's got a crucifix at one end. And then like what for all intents and purposes almost looks like the the teeth of a key at the other end. Yeah. Agree, like how the, the making of it, I guess. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And you have a blacksmith creating this thing, but it's a very quick glimpse. Um, and then of course, CJ, the non-believer in anything joins her. Um, but the diary contains nothing but blank pages at first. They eventually stumble upon a quote inside. Um, do you have the quote or you want me to do it, Rob? Uh, yeah, I don't hold on. Let me, Look through my notes here. Oh, I was going to say, I have it right here if you want me to do it. No, actually, it, I think it was way too long for me to write. And I, I wrote okay. everything on pen and paper this time. So Yeah. Okay. So basically, it says, bitches get stitches. <laughs> and so, no, it does not say that. It says, no, it says uh, whatever <laughs> strong and noble soul would set the holy seal upon the gate, he'll guard that place in life and death till time is no more that no man will set loose the beast within. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that was a long thing. I didn't, I was like incapable of writing all that. <laughs> we, we paused that and went back and forth for quite a while. Oh, um, okay. So now outside we hear lightning is starting to crackle out, you know, on the other side of the uh, building, um, because that comes into play later because all heck breaks loose outside. Um, and this is where Caroline kind of fesses up to her husband that she's been seeing something. Um, and she feels that it's the man who has built the house. Um, and then, of course, CJ has to poo-poo this because he's been dead for, you know, more than a century. So there's no way she could have seen him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Caroline's really feeling like this is a warning that they need to get out of here. Um, but, of course, he just leaves her alone with the book and exits the room. So the, the group are kind of dispersing to go about their duties, getting the house ready to go. And Felicia and Lori um, are uh, cleaning. And this is where... They note that all the windows are covered with bars, which means it would be very difficult to escape this place. Um, and then this is also when Lori kind of questions, you know, how did Felicia kind of end up here? And then, you know, Felicia, you know, fesses up that, you know, she was a patient and she feels that CJ had basically saved her life. And this is a, her way of repaying, you know, what he did for her. Um, and then as they turn the corner, the two ladies run into Pete's uh, hanged body, you know, from the ceiling. But of course, he's just a practical joker and they get angry and they walk off and leave him alone. He's got to get himself down. Right. Who wouldn't be angry? I mean, there's uh, practical jokes and then there's morbid. Um, like this is a very dark kind of joke you could pull on somebody. <laughs> well, Rob, the way he was hanging, his crotch would have been basically at eye level and I would have just screamed bone puncher. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Bone punch. <laughs> but this is actually kind of foreshadowing. Would you not agree? Oh yes, indeed. In, in a weird it, way, yeah. In a weird is. way. Okay. Um. So CJ decides that he's going to go down to the basement and light the furnace. Okay. So this is where Caroline is taking the opportunity because she's alone with the professor to start questioning him about what kind of conditions would be needed for ghosts to. to manifest themselves um and felicia and uh mary have gone off in search of kaiser so the two 
women have discovered a dumbwaiter with this isn't really how dumbwaiters necessarily work yeah and do they look like that aren't they smaller yeah this is gigantic it's more like a crate lifter yeah because inside of the dumbwaiter crate lifter is the burnt remains of sam the caretaker and they just flip right out oh and um, dude was as anyone would do yeah yeah all right so back in the basement while cj's down there he hears something and he thinks it's Kaiser at first because, you know, maybe the dog's made his way down there. Well, he stumbles upon that cross key thing that we mentioned earlier that Caroline had the vision of. And it's you know, like buried in the dirt floor and it's wedged like it's it's basically holding this like latch thing closed. And it's like wedged in there, folks. It's oh, like, yeah. You don't want to remove this. It's clear you shouldn't be doing this. It looks like almost it, like it could be a bomb shelter in the basement, the way that the doors, uh, the door latches. Yeah. So this is a large, like, like I was thinking like freezer door. <laughs> like it's big, folks. Yeah. It's not like a little, like tiny trap door. It's gigantic. Yeah. That thing, um, it's about the size of a, a of a grave or a coffin, I would say. All right. So he's like dumbasses, like prying it off. He gets it off. He can't quite lift the, the lid open because it looks heavy as heck. He's being called up to the kitchen by the others. And then all of a sudden, the there's like an eruption and the door like blows open of its own accord, causing like a minor quake throughout the house, Yeah, um, which also results in all the actors having to flip themselves around like there is an earthquake. And then we get shaky cam. Yeah, we get, it, it almost... Like the the fun houses you used to go into where the floor would shift back and forth and everything. Exactly. Exactly. Totally, totally, totally. Because um, we're dealing with 70 special effects here, folks. Um, so this has caused Felicia to fall on the steps and she's injured. And Dwight sees this, The who we really kind of forgot about him because they don't focus on him very much. He's the cowboy porn stash man. Well, he goes to save her because he sees a live wire that's fallen, but instead the live wire wraps itself around him and basically fries him. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah, it was almost like this tentacle thing just wrapping around. But what Rob's saying, you have to figure that out yourself because you see it hanging and the next thing you see, it's already around him. Yeah. And oh, God, I know. Like, I give credit to the actor because, like, he was really playing it off, like, you know, vibing like it was actually electrocuting and strangling him at the same time. So, like, if you've ever seen Tim Burton's uh, Ed Wood movie, it's like when Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi is pretending to be attacked by the uh, fake octopus that they stole, but they didn't take the motor. So the limbs didn't work, the tentacles. So he's just flipping around. That's kind of what Dwight had to do here. <laughs> okay. So anyway, now all the windows won't open. And this is where Mary spies Dwight. And they realize that like he's dead, but they all seem pretty lackadaisical about this. I thought. Yeah. They're not too worried. They're no, not-, not at all. So the professor and Pete decide that they're going to break the window open with this big ass table. And they go to ram it, but the table before it hits anything, it just flips out of their hands and falls backwards. So like there's a, a force preventing them from exiting this building. That was some pretty cool effects right there. Oh yeah. And then I, this, (laughs) 
So Lori starts freaking out. And Walt goes, slap her. And then, wow, <laughs> right across the face, the professor slaps her. Because that's in every movie of that time. You had to slap the hysterical Shut woman. up, Susan. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So this is so upset Felicia that she must go and lay down away from everyone else in a cot in a different room. <laughs> so Caroline kind of confronts her and everything. And then um, she's worried that she might have a concussion from her fall on the stairs. So the first thing, and I, I, this is important. I'm not joking. This is dead serious. If you suspect someone having a concussion, you want to make sure they lay down and you want to leave them alone. Right. Are you? <laughs> I'm like, what a dumbass doctor. You may have a concussion. You'll need to lay down alone. Bye. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? And he's a doctor, right? <laughs> yeah, so she's a doctor. I'm like, you're a moron. Anyway, so they've left Felicia alone to die of her concussion, I'm assuming. Anyway, whatever. Um, do you think they just figured that she would die because she was African-American in a horror movie? I, she probably just thought, lay here and die because you're you're black and we know you're going to die first, so we don't have to worry about you anymore. <laughs> what I was thinking was the directors, you know, because it's usually the the black people that are the first to die. And so it's like, oh, we've got, you know, we've got this token black character here, so they're pretty much dead. And Well, I also thought, did Dwight fuck things up and she was supposed to be the first to die and Dwight got in the way? And they're like, what are you doing? Maybe. Dwight, Ooh. she's black. She was supposed to die first. What are you thinking, Dwight? <laughs> he was like, I'll take the bullet for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so they've left poor Felicia alone. Um, now, just CJ's like going over all the facts. He's like, we got two dead people. We're locked in here. And then the professor's kind of like countering back that maybe the house is the house is soaking up like the natural power of everyone involved. And then Pete chimes in that, hey, maybe it's just a storm. And then Lori's like, well, I think it might be static electricity. <laughs> <laughs> which i really do feel she should be slapped again for that theory static um, electricity <laughs> um and then caroline kind of chimes in that hey you know what this diary might be the key to everything and then cj like without even like taking this in just like shoots that down right away um and then so caroline because she's already told cj she kind of like confesses to everyone else that she's been seeing this figure and then the professor kind of like, it piques his interest. He's like, you mean like visions? And then um, Caroline says that she really feels like there's been like a great conflict in the house and like something like between good and evil. And the professor's like, well, you mean like God and the devil? And I'm like, well, that's a really big jump for like a house, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so CJ and Pete, uh, the practical joker, decide to head off up to the very top like tower um, of the building. So now Felicia's awakened from her, you know, possible concussion asleep alone in the room. Um, and the door where she's at opens of its own accord. And then she kind of gets up and goes towards it, but then it slams shut. Mm -hmm. And this is where all hell breaks loose. Okay. So have you ever seen the movie, The Entity with Barbara Hershey? No, but you've talked about it, that little um, kind of sexual assault kind of Yes. Okay. So this reminds me a lot of that, except it's not uh, quite to the extent. But anyway, so uh, Felicia's like thrown about. You hear slapping noises. You get that maniacal laughter. 
Um, if you watch the Blu-ray, you can see the little wires that are attached to her clothes. So you know what's going to happen. Uh, her blouse is torn off. Her jeans are torn off, leaving her in her bra and panties. Um, she's kind of thrown to the cot. And that's kind of where things stop. It doesn't really progress further than that. Yeah, she's um, like pinned down there. But then the, the other people come in at that time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so oh, wait, first also, we also get that really severe windstorm in the room. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. Lots of wind. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the whole crew comes up and CJ, you know, covers her up and comforts her and everything. Um, and then she tells everyone what happens. And then they're like, it was a nightmare. I'm like, her clothes are ripped <laughs> from her body. Did and she like, get a sudden a surge of like adrenaline enough to just do a Hulk Hogan rip and just tear everything off her body and then freak yeah, out? Yeah, I'm know? like. I cry bullshit people. But anyway, yeah. so this is where um, CJ says to the professor that, you know, everyone really does need to stay together, which all that's quickly abandoned within like five minutes. You'll notice they all just start going on their own again, but whatever. So CJ starts hearing a door slamming up above and he realizes that there might be a way out if they head upwards. So he tells Pete to grab some cable and the two of them make their way up to the opening up above. Well, it's storming down, raining and everything, but CJ is going to tie the cable to like a beam and then kind of shimmy down the outside of the building to get to the uh, front door and maybe like release everyone to freedom. Now, Rob, that like, it's not rope, which has texture. It's like storming and that cable looks slick as hell to me. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, why yeah. didn't they just use some rope? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and if they didn't have the rope, this just seemed like a bad idea because it seems like it would just slide right out of your hands because it was so darn wet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, it, it was not just raining, but it was like torrential oh, no. downpour. <laughs> exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but so Pete kind of convinces CJ to let him go in his place because he's like, I'm 20 years younger. I'm skinnier than you. Um, I'm not the main character. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he might as well have been wearing a red shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> or been African-American. Let's be honest, folks. Yeah. Um, so um, he's kind of shimming down. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of anticlimactic in my mind. It just starts shaking the yeah, cable with with Pete on it. Yeah. Was the whole house shaking or was just the cable? No, shaking? I think it was just the cable. Okay. But, which I'll, I'll be honest with you, Rob, the way the weather was, it could have just been the weather and not even the house. Yeah. Doing it. And did you see the little darts of electricity like shooting out? Oh yes. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So CJ's trying to pull him back up to safety. Pete's freaking out all of a sudden, like, the cable becomes electrified and then Pete's body bursts into flames and he just plummets to the ground and he's dead. <laughs> On fire in a rainstorm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So all of a sudden CJ's forced back inside by this like pummeling rain blast. Like it's just forcing him back in. So he has downstairs. He recounts the story to everyone. And this is where I wrote. Felicia should have fucking turned to him and said, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You, you are correct in that assumption. I, I would have been so supportive <laughs> of her in that statement. 
But she was better than that, Rob. She didn't say that to him. He would have said, um, bye, Felicia. Right. And then, of course, Lori chimes in. Maybe it was just lightning. Whatever. <laughs> Static <laughs> I, this, is where, <laughs> this is where I wrote down, what the actual fuck is wrong with these people? Oh, so, man. So this is where the professor actually, like, snaps. And that he, like, turns on CJ and he's like, you know, I spent five years in your psych class and, you know, you're trying to dismiss all this stuff, but you need to maybe realize that you need to accept imagination is a plausible answer to what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Which that to me sounded like something that maybe Mr. Rogers would be touting. (laughs) But anyway, maybe. um, Yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah. Another good point. So they realize that the generator is still working. And the professor grabs a, a table saw, right? Oh. Is that what you call it? A jigsaw? Yeah, this is this is kind of a great lead up to what's going to happen after. Uh, yeah. So he's trying to change, not chainsaw, that's a lie. He's trying to saw through the front door and everything. And then, um, again, no one's staying together because Mary heads off to the kitchen. And um, Caroline brings up the fact that it smells like sulfur. Because the place is supposed to have been built like over a sulfur pit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, this is also where CJ mentions that all of the peaks of the house have lightning rods on them. And he's thinking that if he could rig the cable up, they could like cause the electricity to somehow melt the bars to allow them to bend them to get escape that way. Which yeah. that sounds like witchcraft to me, folks. Yeah. I don't. How See that ever gonna, working in the real world? How are you going to touch the bars if they're electrified, though? I that I that to me is you've gotten to crazy cuckoo land because you you're just at your wits end. Yeah. I, and this is the man who won't believe anything else from anyone, but he's willing to to bend the bars with heat. <laughs> so we get this super close up of the professor's really intense eyes, and then we pull back to see that he's actually using the saw on his own hand. And when they pull his hand away, I was like, wait a minute, how did it come back together? Yeah, I really thought like the fingers were going to drop, but no, he's just been sawing into his hand, but not long. I think because did you notice earlier, he made the comment, Rob, that the door was so like petrified, it was um, dulling the blades of the saw. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it didn't totally go through his hand. Oh, okay. See, I was like, I was like, okay, he's got himself a circular saw. He probably replaced the blade and he's just not giving a fuck and sawing through his hand because he's possessed. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I totally expected them to like pull back a stump. Yeah. Yeah. But I love just the way it's shot because you just at first get this crazed look of the man's eyes and it pulls away. It's great. So. Yeah, so Mary runs upstairs to get bandages and everything to a closed linen closet door that's sitting up. It's not on ground level, it's up and it's closed. So it's not on the floor and it's not cracked open. It's Mm -hmm. up and closed. Okay, so she opens it to be attacked by Kaiser. Oh, and there's something that I wanted to bring up about this because I was looking at IMDb. Um, It says the second time that Kaiser attacks her as he chases her down the hallway, you can hear you can hear distinctly a Star Wars TIE fighter. 
And that, really? <laughs> that same that same exact sound effect is heard a second time later on in the film. And I'm going to have to watch that movie again so I could just hear like the TIE fighter sound. Interesting. So I want to know. Again, how did he get in that position? Yeah. How did he hide himself in, in the linen closet and close the door? Yeah. OK, it, whatever. So anyway, <laughs> so he jumps on her, causing her to pummel backwards over the rail and then he's on top of her so they both fall to their death oh they gone they gone yeah so caroline finds their bodies and she faints um and then we hear this like disembodied voice start to like laugh as she's losing consciousness Mm -hmm. so she's asleep and cj comes in to wake her up and then she you know her memories are flooding back about finding mary and everything and then CJ just says, well, it was the dog. And then this is where she like flips out on him. And she says that you're in denial. Um, and he says, well, everyone else is in this solarium and um, that he's sutured the uh, professor's hand and everything. And then we hear the tender music and he tells her that, you know, she needs to get some rest. Which I say, fucker, why did you wake her up? Yeah, just let her sleep. Rob, 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 wake up. <laughs> You need to get some rest. Wake up. Why? <laughs> Why did you wake me up? <laughs> wake up. It's time to go to sleep. So basically what they've now done is they've set up a corpse room where they've got all the corpses covered up. With blankets. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the professor and Felicia are discussing, you know, how the lip bars and everything are going to hopefully attract attention and everything because the professor seems just fine now. Um, but it says, the professor says that he's moved Mary's body by the stairs. You're right, but she only saw the dog. Yeah. Okay. And that, yeah. And the dog's still there, but Mary's corpse is gone. Whatever. Okay. So down in the room with the giant fireplace, um, Caroline awakens to see the well formed. This is a very well formed shape of the specter. And it's pointing to the cross key thing that, that uh, her husband dug up and beckoning her to follow. And then it disappears. Mm-hmm. So she heads into that larger room with all the others and everything. And uh, she spies like this bizarre ritual taking place, like with like um, Felicia and uh, Lori are flanking the sides of this long table. And then at the heads of the table, the professor and CJ, but CJ's like extra furry than he was before. He yeah. looks almost like uh, what would you call it? like a um, he looked like a caveman werewolf, something or other. A tr- or a troll. Yeah. Like that a, t- under a bridge yeah. troll. Yeah. But what was going on? Like, was he, was one of them making out with the dead girl? The professor um, was. Okay. Yeah. With Mary, the, Mary, Mary, the dead girl. Yeah. It looked like they were going to perform a ritual because there's like lit candles. Yeah. Yeah. So Caroline sees this and she like flips out and everything. Um, then um, she raises the, the key thing. And then she get that windstorm and everything. And then in the interim, CJ sees his reflection in a mirror and screams like, God help me. And the mirror cracks and everything. Um, And then he's unpossessed. Yeah. And that just that little part felt very amiable horror to me. I don't know if you're familiar with that when like, you know, um, a lot of this movie. Yeah. A lot of this movie felt like Amityville horror, like so many parts of it. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so back by the fireplace, um, you know, CJ is speculating now that maybe Caroline is seeing the only one seeing Vargas because she believes in God. Um, 
and that the uh, human soul is, and she counters back that the human soul is tangible and that um, he, quotation marks, he wants CJ, but she's not quite sure why. And I said, because of the beard. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that somehow Caroline must be the key to this uh, prison. And I'm thinking, no, the key is the actual key to this prison. <laughs> but anyway, uh, CJ remembers the diary. Again, he said there was nothing written in this diary. That yeah. was a lie because he's already read one quote. Now there's this another big long ass quote that we get to read. So, yeah, and I didn't write that you, one down either. Yeah, I got you covered here, my friend. Okay. So it says, again, from a book that had nothing in it. Here we go. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and laid hold of the dragon. And I was certain which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. Okay. So Caroline makes some reference to Revelations and says that Satan returns a thousand years uh, once the, Satan will return once the 1,000 years have expired. So the diary flies to the floor and bursts into flames, like everything else does in this house. Mm -hmm. You get that weird, like, unearthly growl, which is kind of new for the movie, and then laughter fills the room. So... Upstairs, we have the professor and Lori working on hooking up the cables. Then all of a sudden, Lori's grabbed by like something that they really don't show us. You get like a black arm, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, like she. Apparently, she forgot to pick something up, so she turns around and then you see the arm and then she screams and then that's pretty much that. Yeah, she's pulled backward up a dark stairwell, and then the professor, like, attempts to save her, but then just kind of backs away. Like, oh, well, it's, it's very <laughs> odd. It's, it almost seems like something was cut. That's the feeling I got. Yeah, there, there was definitely a missing piece to that. Yeah, it, yes. Okay, so now he's back with Felicia, and um, Totally unfazed, like not, like nothing's transpired. Like he doesn't even mention Lori. So the two go to leave the room because all the little cable things are hooked to the bars now. And then one of them is one, only one has come undone, but that's not good enough for Felicia. She's got to go back and fix it. Then we see that on the professor's neck, there's these like really nasty looking like scratch gouges, I guess, from the encounter on the stairwell, whatever. Um, and that the professor's going to turn on the generator. All of a sudden, in the same room, this is the room with all the, the corpse bodies, he turns on the generator, and then at the same time, the covered body of Mary just sits up. Mm -hmm. All she does is sit up, which forces Felicity to fling herself back against the electrocuted bars and fry herself and die. <laughs> she got scared. <laughs> 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 or did did like the the presence like kind of fling her into the electrocuted bars and maybe yeah. I maybe the okay world may never okay know. we may never know I I think we will never know I think it's we will never know not even a maybe I think we'll never know yeah um so now at the same time downstairs one of the shuttered windows has like opened. So the professor sees this as a chance to get through the window to freedom. So he jumps through the window out in the downpour and he's screaming, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Free at last, he, free at yeah. last. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes it to the 
grassy area in front of that like kind of like statue thing with the quote wave from earlier with the like the uh Notre Dame grotesquerie on top of it. And then all of a sudden it's like quicksand. And I swear this is where poltergeist got its thing. You know, oh sinking down into it. Yeah, sinking down. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's just like going down to the ground. And then all of a sudden the window repairs itself, the shutters shut back, and then everything's just fine. Yeah. And you can hear that laughter going. Yes. Yeah. So all of a sudden alone, it's just the Arnolds now. Um, they're chilling. And then the spirit of Emilio Vargas uh, begins to possess Caroline. Emilio Estevez. So this is where I cry. Spirit stupidity. Because he says that he sacrificed the caretaker to warn them away. Where I say, what the fuck? Because he was hidden in that dumbwaiter crate thing. How would that warn them away? He was hidden. Mm-hmm. No one knew. No one. It was hidden. How would that be a warning? And by also, then it was too late. Yeah. And also the uh, the doctor guy or the, sorry, the psycho- psychologist, psychiatrist, he would just say, oh, that's, you know, someone had an accident and they didn't want the police to know. So they hid the body, this and that. You know, he would just, you know, he would use logic. <laughs> Basically, you, you, Mr. Vargas, are an idiot. <laughs> you're an you were an idiot oh, in life man. and you're an idiot in death. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's like saying that, you know, uh, I sealed the pit and you released the evil. The key is in your hands, which I'm like, literally, sir, the key is in your hands. But he's like he's being all like. Philosophical about all this, you're like, oh, the key is in my hands, you know. It's like, no, literally, the key is in your hands, sir. You're you're Um, holding the key, yes. Yeah, he's like, seal the pit, (laughs) return the beast, and I put, go the fuck back home. (laughs) (laughs) And the ghost leaves her, and she remembers none of the possession. Um, And I put down CJ as a buffoon. Um, (laughs) He's an idiot. Yeah, he is. So she, you know makes the claim that the prophecy was right. And they head down to the basement. You get a blast of wind that knocks them back, but they proceed onward. Uh, once downstairs, uh, that opening from earlier is spewing all this fog, which makes it look my mom is sitting down there just smoking. Um, <laughs> CJ attempts to close the lid. It's a big old struggle. We get shaky cam and then Carolina <laughs> inevitably falls into the pit. God damn it, Susan. Yeah. So CJ has got to follow down there. They've lost the key cross. And, you know, in the interim, it is so foggy down there. Basically, it's like a labyrinth of like just openings. Um, Yeah, but no David Bowie. Sorry. No David Bowie. Um, CJ hears like laughter, muffled laughter. And then there's a very bright room which draws him to it. Once inside the bright room, we hear that cackling laughter. Mm -hmm. We get the devil who is Victor Buono. uh, Basically just... um, a bearded man um, in a white suit. You called him who? Dom DeLuise? Yeah, he looked like <laughs> Dom DeLuise a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just this. Or he just reminded me of Dom DeLuise for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Victor Buono is uh, kind of heavy set. Uh, he's sitting in this like marble throne, lots of fog. It looked like they didn't have a budget to do anything else. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So he's they in just a, piped yeah, in a lot of fog. Um, now, didn't this and, uh, this whole part of the movie here kind of reminded me of a twilight zone episode or yes um, yeah it felt just, very made for tv yeah too. yep yes yeah 
So this is where the devil's kind of like uh, having a little bit of a conversation with Mr. Arnold. He's saying, you know, you did all this, uh, that you have a will. Uh, I love he called the he crossed the holy ex, or holy excrement. <laughs> yeah, the piece of holy excrement. Yeah. Um, and then he needs basically CJ to destroy it, or he's just going to continue to feed on his terror. Um, and that by now, like CJ starting to like experience physical pain, and the devil's like, you know, I could torture you for all of eternity. Um, and he he'll eventually snap his stubborn will, and CJ's really starting to break. Um. And the devil kind of forces uh, CJ to follow his feet. Uh, and now, while this is happening, the devil's true form is starting to show, which would be just prosthetics attached to his forehead. Yeah, which um, was actually a pretty cool effect. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't think Tim Curry and Legend, though, folks. We're not, we're not oh, to that point. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, in, in, uh, in practical effects. Um, and then um, CJ's like begging to die. And the, the devil's like, you know, there'll be no, no respite for your soul here. And then all of a sudden, Caroline pops up with the cross key and just jabs it into the devil's chest and fog starts to pour out of his body. <laughs> no! And then we get shaky cam and he thrusts it out of his chest, throwing it to the ground, which, of course, comes in handy um, as a true retreat back up into the basement. Um, and, well, that's a lie. They're yeah, able to get Caroline up into the basement yeah, and then he hands her the key. But I there's totally a little bit of, thought that she, he was going to sacrifice himself and say, close this up. Just leave me here to die or yeah, whatever. He, he wouldn't do that. He's CJ. <laughs> um, so they hand out a rope and she drags him back up there. And now they're both up on top. Um, and then so it's shut and they latch it back in place. And then everything's just fine. And the house opens back up and the two Arnolds who kind of really started all this. Just get to leave. Yeah, they done started some shit. Yeah, uh, yep. I like how the ghost of uh, Vargas kind of sees, <laughs> sees them off. He points to the car, does something with his hand. And just... Yes. Now, to me, the effect of him feels very much like Disney's Haunted Mansion ride. It, it felt a little weird. Like it's, I don't know. It was just a bit much like a lot. Like how you said, a lot of this was kind of like made for TV or it felt that way. And like yeah. the the uh, the scene with the devil and then the scene with the ghost, like pointing things out it, that felt like, you know, Twilight Zone ish kind of stuff to me. Yes. Now, here's Walt ruins the movie for us this week. Oh, okay. So the house would have been built after the Civil War because it was built um, in 1886. But the war actually ended in 1865. So that was a blatant lie that they told us. Okay. Um, but that didn't really matter. So, but I do have some history on the house because I thought it was kind of interesting. If you'll, if you'll humor me. Of course. So it's was originally called Montezuma's castle. Um, like I said, it was built in 1886. Um, it originally started as a hotel. Um, it was opened in 1891 as a hotel and it stayed that way until 1903. Um, and then uh, from 1922 to 1931, it was run by um, the Baptist, Southern Baptist as a college. And in 1937, it was sold to um, the Catholic religion. It was opened as a seminary for Mexican Jesuits, like Jesuits, like the exorcist Jesuits. Um, it remained so until 1972, and then it sat empty until it became the United World College in 1981. And it was purchased by Armand Hammer who's the grandfather of actor Army Hammer. So there you go. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's some cool trivia right there. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, so, Rob, I didn't even ask you this because I didn't want to know until the very end. What did you think <laughs> of the movie? <laughs> you know, when I watched it last night, I was kind of soured on it. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay, I was, okay. I was like, eh, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like my bag. But having talked about it with you and experienced, like, kind of reliving the movie through our very different perspectives and laughing about things. It's, it's a, it's a fun movie to watch with your friends, I think. Yes. Yeah. Don't expect like, uh, uh, like now special effects or anything like that. It very much is a movie of the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get big budget, lavish effects or anything like that. So would you recommend it to listeners of midnight mass creature cast? I would, I'd say watch it with your friends though, because you're, Really, if you watch it by yourself, it's not that kind of alone experience. Really, it's more of uh, let's uh, let's talk about this later kind of thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what you said, but with a caveat. I would have your friends over, but wait till they go to sleep, <laughs> and then wake them up and have them watch it, and then say, "You need to go to sleep. <laughs> you need to get some rest." We're stuck in this house. I don't know how to get out. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Okay, so I'm very glad you watched it. And I'm glad our conversation kind of maybe changed your attitude about it a little bit, your opinion a little bit. Oh, it did, definitely. It usually does. Like, sometimes there's movies where I'm not too crazy about them. But then after we talk about it, it's like, oh, I can see, you know, I can see what, you know, what was fun about this. But Use like sometimes my initial experience is not always the best. <laughs> you want to get in your car and drive here and just I hear the ding dong of the door and I open it and you just slap me across the face and leave. <laughs> Shut and I up, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do a bone puncher on you. <laughs> <laughs> bone punch. Um, so so I of course love this movie. I I just it's so much fun to me. It's just so goofy. It's like a a, a spooky body count movie. Uh, yeah. they really are just there to be picked off by the ghost, um, or the devil, I guess, or whatever. It's really, it's, it's really just, <laughs> I don't really even know why, like why it's almost like they're there to be murdered just like as an F you to CJ about his beliefs, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's I so weird. It's like, okay, so there's a, there's a ghost there of the guy who created the key, but then there's also the devil being jailed there. So does the devil have the power, like, or is his power severely limited so he can kind of just kill one person a week or something, you know? It's like really strange. It's kind of like the Terminator. It makes your head hurt if you really think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's kind (laughs) of, yeah, there's. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of plot holes if you look at it too hard. So don't do that. <laughs> don't <laughs> just enjoy at it. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy it on the surface level for what it is. Right. Um, yeah, I, it's such silly fun. I just love it. I love haunted house movies. I really do. That's like a subgenre that I just, they just hit a sweet spot for me. Um, and I would definitely recommend it to fans of uh, like creature features because it's got your ghosties going on there and everything, your supernatural uh, feelies. Um, chock full of supernatural activity. Like, I think this would be a fun watch for like a Halloween fall evening kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I would say, give it a, give it a watch. Um, that's, 
I think that's really all I have to say about it. I, I hope people check it out because I really do think that more people would enjoy it if they knew it existed out there in the world. Um, it's like now uncovering far, some oh, hidden gems, you know? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think it's a hidden gem. Um, <laughs> I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but I personally think it is. <laughs> um, and I appreciate you doing it with me. I always, I always love that you're game for these movies that I throw out there. The more, the scarier, you know? Exactly. It's, it's exactly. Like you would like to reach us. Um, I, I, Mark, the gay one, am the at gay Instagram. One. <laughs> you, you have to point that out. Like, are you getting, uh, solicited mails for, you know, I'm, I'm getting more of the booby girls. Oh, you're and getting the booby girls. Folks, okay. there's no need to do this. So all of those little, uh, androids or whoever they are sending the booby girl pics, it's, it's, it's not Rob, it's me. So it's just falling <laughs> on deaf ears. I but if you're think, a real person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the robots care that you're gay. You know? I don't know, but it's it's just not, it's not working. But if you're a real person and you want to follow us on Instagram, I love interacting with the real people. Um, and I'm always over there at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. So come on over and say hi and feel free to follow us because uh, I love to interact with people that are real. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And like if you even wanna... real women, I'm fine with that. It's just these accounts. <laughs> Yeah, these fake clearly, accounts that clearly are clearly fake accounts. Yeah, yeah. they're saying, follow, come follow yeah. my OnlyFans. And, and like, if you know right. me, that I'm not going to pay for your OnlyFans. <laughs> right, 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 right. But yeah, so that's where I, where, I, where I am at Instagram, and you can reach us that way. Yeah. The show can be checked out on suplexcitylimits.com or a part of the Suplex City Limits network where there's uh, shows about pro wrestling, video games, pretty much anything. Anything nerdy, I guess. Music, you know, whatever, whatever your nerd boner is, uh, it's going to get punched by <laughs> Bone Puncher. And uh, what was I going to say? It's gone now from my head. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, if you have a chance and you listen to us and you even remotely don't get sick to your stomach, if you could possibly give us a, a good rating, a five star rating and maybe follow us. Ooh, yes. Uh, on iTunes. That would mean the world to us so, so much. It really would. That would help us out um, and help others discover the show, too. That's um, right, because you get uh, recommendations. Like, the more people rate the show, it, like, th puts it on the algorithm or something. And if you hate us, think about it. If you give us a five-star, other people that you may not like may find us, and it will ruin their day, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a win-win for everyone all See, around. think of it that way, folks. Yeah. Um, and we do appreciate from the bottom of our dark hearts that you stick with us, whether it's the first time or the what, 61st time or, or the 69th time. time. Yeah. Uh, we just, <laughs> that went over <laughs> my head. Um, we really do appreciate you following us because the more, the scarier. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a silly day today, folks. It is. We're it rolling is. with it. Um, but anyway, until we meet again, we hope that you stay spooky. Whoa.
Son of a bitch. It feels like I'm being punched in the bone. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that bone puncher. Better. Yeah, bone puncher. That's a good name for a band. Oh, I was thinking a wrestler. Oh, <laughs> puncher. Weighing in at 365 pounds. Bone puncher, puncher, puncher. So what puncher. would the like the finisher be? Like he gives you a boner and then he punches it. I just figure it just like straight going for your dick. He just punches it and punches it, punches it. <laughs> no, like he'll come up from behind and like somehow kind of like a headlock, but then he starts tweaking your nipples to get you aroused and then flips you over and then starts punching at your hard cock. It just punches. <laughs> Bone puncher, puncher, puncher. <clears throat> oh, that's great. And he's bald with like, like, you know, shaved head, but he's got like an ugly shaved head. You know, some people have nice, formed heads but his is like weirdly shaped it's and he's kind got of, like a oh sorry go ahead. go ahead no no you go oh, i was gonna say it's kind of like the jason Voorhees bald head where it's it's all bulbous at the top and then the back is like weirdly misshapen yeah and he's got like lots of rolls of wrinkles down the back and then he's got like real bushy eyebrows and a really thick like <laughs> like a fu manchu kind of handlebar thing but it's not black it's like a almost reddish brown okay yeah, yeah. And, and when he looks up it looks like he's got a pack of hot dogs on the back of his neck Yes, exactly. Exactly like that. Yeah. And he's not hairy. You would think he would be, but he's not hairy at all. But he's very sweaty all the time. <laughs> he's one of those Turkish oil wrestlers. Yeah. And then his trunks are red. And down the front, there's like light, uh, yellow lightning bolts that are glitter sewed down the front of his legs. But vertically, like up and down where his dick would be is just a, a, a white bone applique <laughs> that's been sewn there and he's bone crusher. Oh, shit. Bone puncher. Puncher. Sorry, puncher. Yeah, bone puncher. Yeah. Bone oh, wow. puncher. I'm getting the visual of that. It's like George the Animal Steel without hair. Um, yeah. Without body yeah. hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. he he see he missed my dick and he hit me in the foot. And then his knuckle would say B O N E and the other one would be P N C H. Now bone punch. Oh, okay, because I'm thinking like I can read that as pinch or punch. Right. Oh yeah, because it's really lame and it's like green like prison. It's bad. Yeah, <laughs> he's the bone puncher. <laughs> Watch out for the bone puncher. He's gonna get you. I'm so mad I could punch your bone. <laughs> God damn it. That's great. I love it. I think I'm keeping holds this. Up. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I still do this in my head. You think you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, no, I'm keeping this. This, this is gone on recording and we're going to like put this somewhere. <laughs> well, he holds up like, you know, cause they make the inflatable dolls that are men too. And he holds that up and he like keeps punching him in the dick. Oh yeah, bone puncher. So like, this is gonna be you, Roddy Roddy Piper, <laughs> bone puncher, and he just like, you know. <laughs> so these are the <clears throat> these are the anatomically correct blow up dolls. It doesn't have to be. It could just be a really bad one, but it just for effect, you know. Yeah. And then he's like, really, he's like really ridiculous how he goes on. I'm gonna find you, and you're gonna be all around, and you're gonna see me come up over that bed, and I'm gonna. I'll punch you. You're like, this is really weird. It's like, who's that coming out from underneath the ring apron? Right. It's, yeah. 
Oh no, it's Bone Puncher! Stone Cold Steve Austin, look out! (laughs) Right. And you know who sent you those Hustlers magazines and all those Playboys, and you're hard, and you're in the bathroom, and you're not paying attention because you're whacking off, and all of a sudden the shower curtain pulls back. Bam! Bone Puncher! (laughs) You're like, this is really inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many dicks I've broken? (laughs) Right, exactly. I'm going to put you and your pecker in the hospital. I'm bone puncher. <laughs> it's like spit flying everywhere. <laughs> and mean Gene Okerlund is kind of just crossing his arms over his crotch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see everyone sliding cups down the front before they get in the <laughs> ring with them. <laughs> Do you remember when um, the low blow used to be a thing and the, it would just somebody would come up from behind and an arm would shoot up between the legs and kind yes. of like sting him in the dick and shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also he, he would have two girls that are with him all the time and they would have like on the skimpiest little string thongs and just like a uh, little, like uh, their uh, pasties would be two white bones crossed over their nipples. <laughs> so they would be like getting you hard before he went to battle you. So he could punch your bone. Oh yeah. And then the, the, like during the match, they're flashing you and everything. Well, they, I picture them hanging over like the, you know how they can barely get to over the ropes, but they would like be like, you know, shaking their tits over the ropes. Oh, okay. Yeah. As he fights. Yeah. To get, you know, to get the guys aroused so he could bone punch you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon just might go for that. I could it's see like, this. That's happening. a new wrestler. <laughs> yeah, it could be a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. 